0: Yep, yep. Hey, Summer, Greg Hectus.
1: Greg's there, but we're not getting any sound from him.
0: <laughs> He's back, Mackenzie Stevens. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Well, we, on this show, we take a look at one of the best Coke races ever. We talk new graphical updates coming, and the FIA gets involved in iRacing and much, much more. Come on in and take a load off.
1: Also, don't forget that you can follow along with us on your PC or your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We hope to see you there. uh start off with the highlights from the coke race
0: yes uh boy what a race i you know i don't think i've seen a coke race yet that lived up to expectations like this one i mean at the end of this like the last i don't know 10 20 laps whatever man they were dicing it up there were guys with two tires up front there were guys with four tires coming um and so on. and and there were five or six cars, you know, racing for the lead and and um Jimmy Mullis, uh, you know, back in in glory, looking for a win after uh, some fifty races without one. Uh, he was in the mix. And Garrett Mains is right there at the end. Now, Garrett Mains he's like a hard charger guy and and he was second, you know, on the white, and he was trying to get to Tucker Minter's bo- uh, bumper. And he actually hit him, but it wasn't enough uh, to, to make a difference. And so Tucker Minter ends up taking the win, his second uh, of, win of the year for the E-NASCAR rookie. Uh, so he's definitely probably our rookie of the year with two wins on his resume now. I don't know what, what it was. It was, it was it Charlotte. Was it the next gen package, uh, the weather that they used? I don't know, but it was a great package it was a a great race um people were getting runs there was passing I was very entertained
1: all right I didn't get to catch it I was busy uh working uh trying to learn how to drive a gateway
0: trying the keyword
1: yeah pretty much okay that can we can uh, move on to the next thing greg let's let's just uh push you right back into the front the grass is always greener
2: yeah so we uh Got an update. You guys can hear me now, right, though? Yeah. Okay, so we got an update from uh, Greg Hill here on uh, Willow Springs and um, he kind of gave a little bit of an insight into how tough Willow Springs was of to, to, uh, a, a task that they had kind of accomplished here of, of getting it ready. Um, he was saying in the tweet that Willow Springs was a challenge yet fun project for our team. Due to the unique landscapes, the project pushed them hard to innovate. We developed advanced multi-materia, uh, multi-material shaders. Uh, we finally, um, final debut of the foliage just final debut of the foliage system, and we have completely redone our off-track terrain process. Um, so it's going to look good. I know it's obviously hard. Willow Springs is mostly desert stuff. It's not too complicated. Um, like there's not a lot of visual things, but you got to make it look interesting. It can't just be sandy color and then some tarmac, right?
0: Yeah. And, and so it's a nice long dissertation. Uh, they put it on the forums. They made a page about it. They, they put it on the Twitter and so forth, uh, about these new graphical enhancements. And that's really what this is. And he says, not only will it affect this Willow Springs project, but all projects going forward, and they will backtrack to other tracks uh, on some of these new systems, like um, you mentioned uh, the foliage one. And so uh, let me read a couple of comments about that. It says, the variety of plants and grasses really put this system to the test and let us find the limits of the system as well as the balance between aesthetics and performance. Just like with textures, the requirements of this track really demanded this new feature and improvement to do it justice. So we're happy to debut it here.
1: You can tell on the screenshots how there's different types of grass, and it's not just the dirt. First of all, the dirt does have a a texture that you would see in a in a western desert, uh, which is not always dirt. It's, it's it's almost more like clay, right? And the, and you can actually see some, uh, you know, just grass popping up here and there, real thin or little patches.
0: And he says here, he calls the terrain anything that's actually not the track. We put one of our best technical artists on the task and paired him up with the lead rendering engineer. They overhauled the whole process from the modeling and texture application to the mapping and the blending. What we ended up with is a shader that stands up to the close scrutiny and gets us close to visual parity between the bits you drive on and the bits you don't. This will be great for camera placement, replays, and for the broadcast team who will be able to show more of the scene than in the past. Uh, Finally, I want to mention this. He says, our whole team contributed towards the result. From our multi-decade veterans to the amazing new hires we brought on, so much energy to the company. This work will pay dividends at all new tracks going forward and older tracks we revisit. There are also many tooling, piping, and rendering improvements in the works for the future, including some near-term enhancements to the Sky and Horizon model that will be ready soon.
2: I I think looking at some of the screenshots, you can even tell the – you know, it's hard to go from the, the, the asphalt to the curb to, you know, the clay surface, like David was saying, um, you can see in the visual that it's, you know, where it kind of trails off and down into the, the, the crevice of the dirt there on the, uh, of the, uh, of the curbing there. And, and the textures on the curbing and stuff is like top notch the way it looks. It looks very rough. It looks like it's been worn in and everything like that.
0: Yeah. When you get a, a blow up shot, of uh on um, from the twitter i mean you're, you're right greg the way it looks i mean it's man it looks realistic it, it it's really hard to tell is this a a fake photo i mean you can almost tell by the clouds or the sky more than the ground the ground looks realistic
2: well and i think the hardest part here with willow springs is everything's a distance shot right like you got the close textures and stuff that you're racing on but willow springs is about the far off distance and how wide like there's just nothing around but like mountains or hills whatever you want to call them and then the things off in the far distance
0: as i was watching the videos they put out that we'll talk about later on willow springs as i was watching those there are no visual markers as you call it you know when you get to a a breaking zone you know sometimes there's a tree or there's a there's a three two one there's little signs on the wall and you know, you know where to break because you visually know, you know, have visual markers, but out here in the desert, uh, they're hard to find.
2: I was thinking what some of the stuff that they've got these improvements for, I, th- I said, like some of the foliage stuff, I wonder if it's like, that would uh, benefit, like if they, um, you know, you got some more of the F1 tracks. So like, if you get Albert park, if they ever do Albert park in Australia, you know, that's, you know, it's a very, very, um, green, piece of land that they race on on the island there. And it would be very, you know, I hope that something like that can, this can benefit them if they ever do bring something like that to the sim.
1: So I'm just taking a look at the, uh, the website for Willow Springs. There's actually seven different layouts. I wonder if they're going to be able to include most of them. One of them is a track, a go-kart track. So I know they wouldn't include that, but there's a, there's a stadium oval type track. There's several different sizes of uh, a road. They have a street track too, or I guess they uh they go in and out of the track almost kind of like Nurburgring. Looks neat. I want. I'm, I'm curious if the uh, if Imza and and WEC will start going there some in in the schedule. We can move on to the next one. Uh, I'll kind of take this one. The brand new race car is coming. It is coming in the next build, and um, we all well, I, y'all talked me into thinking it was going to be the the uh, Cadillac. But if, if y'all remember, I said, you know, that I, it kind of reminds me of the sound of those LMP3s that I heard at Daytona live. Now, well, guess what we got coming out? It's uh, the Lagier JSP320. And it's an LMP3.
0: Legier? I don't know if I'm familiar with the brand, but that's a team name or? Isn't it Liger? Liger. Uh,
1: I guess it could be Lagier that I, I'm not. I'm France. not saying
2: I'm, I'm right or wrong. I thought it was Liger. I could be wrong.
1: It, I don't know. I just said it that way because there's a brand of reed that actually comes from France that's called Legier, except it's spelled with an E. So um, it could be either one. It's
0: interesting. Is nice looking car.
1: Yeah, it looks nice. It, the, I noticed this at, in the real track too. It just it looks like it's actually a little bit either shorter or tall. Well, like. Wheel to wheel shorter or taller because the the cockpit seems to be taller than than the P two and P one seems to be.
2: I'm guessing it's more of like like you're saying, David. They narrow the wheelbase so it goes up higher, right? That
1: that is one of the two. It just it looks it it doesn't look like the front to back is as, is as long, or it looks like the windshield is just more up. Am I, am I? Is that just me, or do y'all see that?
0: Yeah, it looks tall. I think it's got an air box up there that maybe makes it look tallery too.
1: All right, a little a little fill in from uh, Bobby, who's following along. It's a it's a chassis uh, manufacturer. That's who who ah. who that Lagier or Liger is.
0: Yeah. So there's a car for sale. There's a track for sale. Um, they really pushed videos on this car over the w- last week because um, you know. This is the end of the season. We got uh, week thirteen coming up,
1: and I lose track of the the weeks on the A races because you know we're focused more on NIS right now. So I'm like, oh, really? Is that already t- that time again?
0: <laughs>
1: I don't like it when NIS is week thirteen when we still have an NIS race because there's no A opens to, to practice. Is
2: week thirteen? It doesn't fall on the Father's Day week, does it? No, next week. Okay.
1: Oh, so it's Sonoma. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't
2: even practice. you only get the NIS.
1: Well, that's different. You don't really have to practice race conditions at, at, at the road courses because you don't you basically, especially with Sonoma, you just race the track. You're either gonna finish it or you're gonna or you're not.
3: That'll be something if I get to races that race it, I probably won't finish because I just can't figure out the the cup car on a road course for some reason.
0: I, uh, well, don't don't base your whole experience on Coda, okay? Uh, Sonoma is a little bit easier.
2: Sonoma, I, it, I, I don't agree. You, yeah, do you remember David last year? Coda was awful with the next gen car, and then Sonoma was a lot better.
1: It was the opposite for me. I did well at Coda and and still suck at, at Sonoma. I like. Are we Coda. doing the carousel? No, it's the no. it's the shorter version. I, Coda, it, it has so many. Uh, I guess long straights and hard braking zones, which I tend to do better at, and whereas Sonoma is all this half throttle crap through like almost half of the track.
2: Yeah, and since we don't go through the carousel, you're you're even less time full throttle. But I think right now we're coming into the best part of the season for me to get back racing because we're going to a bunch of road courses and
0: street courses coming up. I still haven't bought Chicago.
1: Sounds like i got some traveling to do. Or maybe I should just go ahead and wreck somebody on purpose and take a vacation.
2: Oh, God, here we go. All
1: right, I know my answer for this one. What do you think, McKinsey? Should iRacing add Monaco? Yeah, Noel Marjanovic uh, put in the iRacing form here.
3: He uh, says he doesn't know if it's already been discussed, but he thinks that the Monaco circuit would be a great addition to the iRacing tracks. He says, especially with the slow car Class cars. Uh, it could produce some amazing racing. He says, for example, the Porsche Cup, because they drive there in real life. He said, uh, add some rain into the mix and this could be a real challenge.
0: Guys, yeah, there's a poll up too, and the votes are 315 voters. Uh, 66% want to see the new Monaco circuit in iRacing. Uh, 14% said, I'm not so sure about this. And 19% said, never
2: well we're we're okay with it because the f1 cars aren't that popular to be running anyway so you don't have to worry about those cars racing on it it would be every other class that would be fun for it i think the only way they can get monaco wasn't there a couple tracks that they acquire or they acquired by just getting the 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 uh scan from somewhere else like they don't per they didn't personally go and scan it they'll have to do that with monaco probably
1: Maybe, but they right. also have a much faster way to scan now, just with a with like like a, literally a mobile scanner. They don't have to just pop a bunch of lasers and set them all up and sit around the track forever. Well, the problem,
2: like I said, I think we've explained this a couple times about this. Monaco, when they're not racing on it on the weekend, they open it back up, so it's never really like they open up certain streets so that they can still move around on it. Uh, when they're not racing on it, unless that's changed over the years, but I remember they used to, used to be able to drive it later on,
0: yeah, they would have to scan it during the weekend of the race,
1: but I believe it's been thirty years since there's been a green flag pass for the lead with with the formula car ninety six but the guy does have a good point that it might be fun in some of the some of the other cars
0: is it More of people want it for the triple, for the crown, like your Monaco, the Indy 500, the Coke 600, all in the same day.
1: Well, to do that, we'd have to have the Indy 500.
0: Oh, touche. More from that than we're gaining anything from
2: this. We're losing those from the service.
1: (laughs) So basically, about two thirds in favor, one third opposed, essentially. All right, Mike, Simpitz posted a video on how to become an esport pro.
0: Yes, he did, and uh, I sat through this and listened to what he had to say. And uh, Sean Cole from the Sim Pit—the uh, first thing I was thinking: Does Does Sean Cole know how to become a pro sim driver? Because he's not one, so maybe he doesn't know. But I I gave him the benefit of the doubt and and watched his video anyway. And I have to agree that you know, common sense says that what he put down is the correct uh, things you need to become a pro sim driver. So let's break it down. Number one was develop your passion, skills, and knowledge. Two, communities and competing in leagues and tournaments. Three, building your brand and networking. Four, drive, 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 practice, and racing. Five, continuous improvement, adaptability, and knowledge. Six, pick a sim and join a team. So what do you think did he leave anything out?
1: I think it should be practice 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 and drive. <laughs> right. But I I, mean, I think that's basically what he means though. We talk about the coke drivers basically almost burning out because of how many hours they have to put in just on testing sets. And it's a grind to go through the truck series. I I, I fought, uh, followed Derek Limkey's adventure in that. Um and it you know, it's a uh, it's a grind, and there's a whole lot of competition out there. And the amount of time they spend into it, you got to have the talent and put the time in both.
0: And you want to get your name out there. You know, you want to be known in these big events. You know, the the Firecracker Four Hundred or the the Podium Five Hundred. You know, some of the uh, the league events that or offshoot events that happen that a lot of the main uh, people run in, and then get involved in uh, you know, official stuff on a regular basis. Like f- for example, Malik Ray, one of the Coke drivers, you can often find him in a fixed. And so you want to race with Malik, go join a fixed, an uh, official race. And, and so you got to be out there, you got to be driving, you, you got to be, uh, usually on the Twitch, you know, doing a stream, trying to build up a, Uh, you know, a platform of people, you know, a network of people. And uh, that's important too, I think, you know, as the guys come into the Coke series as rookies, you know, the, the fans are going to gravitate to the people that are more social, uh, more outgoing. Uh, They're out, they put themselves out there on the, on the stream and that kind of stuff versus the driver who keeps to himself. He doesn't uh, have any presence, you know, on social media, that kind of thing and so you can see the difference between them easily and i think the last thing i'll throw out to join this list is it won't work for everybody okay just because you want to doesn't mean it will work you have to have that alien dna i guess i'll call it that's a title idea alien dna
1: yeah that's something i tell my my students that are that are really good with with musicianship is that you're you're, you're really good but you're you're in a small town, um, and as good as you are, there is still going to be hundreds of thousands of other players or singers on the same level. And, and just to, you're good enough, but there's hundreds of thousands of people who are good enough that don't even make it.
2: So, David, what I would expand on that, then, you also have to be re- around at the right time for the right opportunity.
1: Yeah, because some, some of it does come down to luck. I mean, everybody that I was, everybody that makes it big has what it takes, but there's a lot of people who have what it takes who don't make it big.
0: Yeah. And so if you're on the oval path, I mean, it's pretty easy to get involved in road to pro. Um, it's an official series and it will open to everybody, but, but you gotta, you, you can't just walk into that and think it's going to work. You have to, you know, fill all these other voids that we've been talking about.
1: All right, Greg, where the ovals at? I'm trying to figure out if I missed
2: something here. Can somebody give me the context to what this is actually?
0: (laughs) Well, the title of the forum post is what it's referencing. What happened to Mitchell Qualls? So Mitchell Qualls has been the guy who put up a hosted event in the hosted every hour Every day of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year for maybe eight years, I want to say, seven, eight years by memory. And so he disappeared. Those um, hourly sessions disappeared. And so that's what prompted this forum post, Greg, is what happened to Mitchell Qualls?
2: Maybe someone finally is collecting on his, the debt that he's accrued in iris recent credits.
1: Wait, or uh, No. I I bet you if he's he probably got one of those like mega passes where he has ten thousand iRacing credits.
0: I think yeah he sat down at some point and set up you know repeated you know hosted events that just go continuously. And and what is he paying? I think fifty cents a pop. I think is the lowest amount you can pay. Um, and so do the math, people. I just want people to do the math. I mean. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, times seven or eight years, times 50 cents each time. How much money are we talking about?
1: <laughs> I would bet money he had credits saved up or or is just loaded, one of the two. But I, there's no update, so we're still waiting to hear.
0: Okay, okay by my math, from that formula I just called out, Two hundred and forty five thousand two hundred eighty dollars. If he if he did a hosted session continuously for eight years every hour at fifty cents an hour, that's how much it cost.
2: It's only twelve dollars a day though, times three sixty five.
0: It's not that much. Did I do the math wrong way?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's only thirty five thousand
0: for eight years.
2: Yeah, thirty five thousand.
0: Okay. Well done. Thirty five thousand that's still a lot of money.
2: That's a car. That's a car, like a decent car.
0: Now I can't tell you how many times I've raced in the Mitchell calls hosted room. And, and I love it because and it's great for the community because you get these drivers coming in that don't know anybody. They don't have a team. They don't know what to race. They don't know if they're allowed to join these hosted sessions or not. I mean, Click it. Go on in. Join the the people in there are friendly, and and there's always a lot of admins. They always have ten, twenty admins usually out of the group, and and um, but yeah, I mean it's always been a good race. It was usually restrictor plate racing, and that's I think how I got good at restrictor plate racing was running Mitchell Qualls rooms. Anyway, he's gone.
1: Speaking of the restrictor plate racing, you need to watch this video from Moonhead. This is some insane respect to play racing. I'm so worried
2: for him. He's going to have a heart attack one of these days announcing these.
0: A little too excited or? He's just... I mean, they're on the apron. They're, they're going five
1: wide. Three wide is tame. But he's below the yellow line.
0: That is just, that is just awesome. I like how they get to the last lap coming to the checker. And they just start piling up left and right. And it's, it's like a survival. Like who's going to survive to the end.
1: And then the language.
0: Yeah. I think that's what makes it so entertaining is the guys, uh, you know, I will call it a redneck call of the race.
1: Oh, at the, at the end, there's this guy tries to make a pass through the grass. Yeah, I, I,
3: the track. I thought he was going to take it at first. That was so
0: close. wait, he cuts through the grass, trying to make a shortcut instead of going through the trial he almost wins it doing it
1: there must be some kind of special no rules thing kicked into this league
0: well he got wrecked down into the grass it's not like he went down there on purpose
1: uh, yeah i
2: don't think that probably would have counted
1: though if if it was a legit wreck why not unless it actually gave him a slow uh, a time uh, like a slowdown I don't know if you
0: could, if you cut it that far. I guess
2: in an oval there isn't really any time, you know, cutting
0: cutting the course. Now that guy's flying across the grass full speed, and and he's aiming, and he actually hits the leader right before the line. Maybe if he didn't aim for the leader and he went by the leader instead, he might have won it.
2: I don't know if I, he had enough. I think it's because he didn't have enough momentum. Still, he was still the, the leader had so much speed.
1: You not you can't control the direction the car is going on the grass either. You're basically a, a skating at that point. He was still carrying a decent amount of speed coming
0: into the grass, though. Yeah, he kept in the, the throttle for sure, didn't he? Pretty neat video.
1: All right, Greg, I got to throw this one to you, too, because you're kind of one of our formula guys. Um, and it looks like iRacing is partnering up with FIA. This is a nice surprise. Um Mike, take the beginning
2: of it here. I'm just looking up one statistic for the FIA. I was just trying to find a number while we were talking.
0: Yeah, so here's the announcement by FIA themselves at their website. It The FIA is today pleased to confirm its official partnership with iRacing to bring a licensed FIA Formula 4 experience to the platform. As part of the agreement, the car currently known as the iRacing Formula IRO4 will be relaunched as the FIA F4 with iRacing's 2023 Season 3 release in June next week. Love this. That's the car I've been running, too, the IRO4. And so if I keep running it, boy, I may be running FIA official racing. Uh, I think that sounds so cool. What does it mean, though? I don't know.
2: Well, here's what I was kind of looking up. Mike, to see what it means. So the FIA oversees seven or sanctions seven different series. So they have uh, Formula One, uh, the, FIA, the World Rally Championship, uh, World Rally Cross Championship, World Endurance Championship, Karting World Championship, the World Rally uh, Raid, and Formula E Championship, World E Championship. So like there's opportunities to maybe even looks like there's some, maybe down the road, there's some series that we don't even have any cars for there that we could eventually have joining iRacing maybe if it's, you know, a good partnership.
0: Pretty cool. Here's a quote I'm going to read from the FIA director. This partnership with iRacing is an important step for grassroots motorsports development. The virtual racing space is a key area for the FIA and its goal to double global participation in motorsport, both as a discipline in its own right and as a route into real-world competition. The next generation of racing drivers is already highly engaged in this arena, which removes many of the historical barriers to entry by being low-cost and easily accessible, opening up possibilities to increase diversity and engagement in new and emerging markets. Formula 4 championships certified by FIA represent the first step for drivers to move from karting to car racing and to have a highly respected industry-leading partner in iRacing, bringing this global framework online is fantastic news.
1: So there could be something along the lines of of the Skip Barber series where there ends up being some carryover into real racing, possibly, for for the top winners. It sounds like it's a
0: possibility, yeah.
1: That's
2: going to be hard. Like the one thing with those series, you think there's got to be, you got to have some money backing to get you to go do that. So there's got to be, there's got to be some sponsor that's gonna willing to take on maybe someone that wins something on here, but because that's, that's tough.
0: Yeah. But there's always a sponsor who wants to bring in diversity, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And who women, people of color. Yeah.
1: Who paid for the Skip Barber ride. I think it was Skip Barber.
0: That's true. I think that was an internal promotion. When I first saw this, I told the group on the chat that this is great because does it 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 sets up iRacing for more Formula One or FIA type racing, like you said. Like, does this set us up to be able to take the Formula One license in the future at some point? If by being in bed with the FIA, does that make it easier for us to get the the license from Codemasters, if possible?
1: It'll be neat to see. And the the Codemasters contract runs out in twenty five, right?
0: Yeah. So that's what I mean is this could set set them up, you know, so they could bid on it, you know, with the partnership with Mercedes, you know, and getting the a uh, the the what do they call it the thirteen? I guess they call it. Anyway, the Mercedes F1 cars, we've, we've gotten two of them now.
2: I think the other thing is is um, they have to We lost you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, I think this helps us sanction maybe get more some more F1 or more European tracks too, that might be deal with the FIA um, in some of the series. It might help broaden more tracks for the, for the series for series this year.
0: Well, I'm going to definitely participate after uh, week 13 and run some IRO4, or I guess it's called FIAF4 now will be the new name.
1: All right. Well, we already hit on it a little bit, but we do have the new track announcement from Willow Springs. We've got a YouTube video. Um, We've got a Twitter post and another YouTube video. Tell us a little bit about a Mac.
3: Uh, yeah. So we got a YouTube video that iRacing put out here for, uh, it's got new content. It says, and it's just showing a video of Willow Springs kind of going through all the the landscape of it. And I think it, I think they did a really good job on, uh, the way that they made the outside of the track look with all the grass and everything. Like we talked about earlier, it looks like a really good track. I think the YouTube video and the Twitter video are the, the same video.
0: Yeah. The other one's the onboard. And like I said before, that one's real telling on how hard I think this track is going to be to drive because there's no, uh, you know, there's no visual points, you know, as you're coming up to a corner. Oh, where where do I turn in? Where do I turn in?
3: I didn't realize the amount of elevation change that was in this track also.
0: Yeah. There is some up and down to it for sure
2: which makes it tough like mike you were saying there's no brake markers or anything too so like you know you have like over the hill um you know unsighted turns and things like that makes it even tougher
0: you know i don't know do do they have actual race racing series that race on this track i just don't know how popular this is going to be like how many people are going to buy it because nobody's really heard of it until now that i know of i haven't i feel
2: I feel like this is that track that, um, they test, like, it would be like, take your own car to the track day, or you have, they have tr- track days for, you know, someone that owns like a, you know, high-end Porsche or Mer- a Mercedes or something like that wants to go out, they can rent the track or, um, cause they even have, you know, I think more, maybe motorcycles and stuff come out there too, and just go around. But I think it, I think it would be more used as a track day, um, slash fun kind of track. It's not a sanctioned racetrack because there's nothing, there's nothing there that makes it, uh, you know, barriers and things like that for,
0: uh, to make it safe for sanctioned series. There's no walls. That's true. Yeah. There's a track like this, uh, outside Phoenix. Uh, it's much like what you describe where you bring your own radical and you race it there, um, or run laps. It's not a race. It's a run laps by yourself kind of thing. Uh, but Paul Tracy, former uh, IndyCar driver who lives in Scottsdale, he has a uh, a Radical that he owns. Actually, no, it's not a Radical. It's like an LMP, an LMP2, I think. Uh, but he takes it out there on occasion, and he puts up videos and shows it. It's pretty cool.
3: It looks like they run motorcycles there. And then they do have other stuff. The schedule is kind of hard to read to see what they actually run for races.
2: Well, actually, you know what, Mike, I was just thinking one of the things that was on, if I remember on this crack, they shot, um, there's a new movie coming out, Grand Turismo, that um, was based off of when the guy, when they were um, doing the live event, or not the live event, but the uh, TV show where the guy won uh, a seat at driving for the GT uh, GTR team for Le Mans, um, he won it from But they were using Willow Springs in that show to shoot that show as the track that they were racing on in the Nissans, um, from what I remember.
1: So, you know, sometimes maybe it's used for filming, too. I think they're going to film Fast and the Furious 35 there.
0: They can, like, rent the track out kind of thing. Cool.
1: Um, There is such a thing as club racing, too, where they actually, a bunch of Porsches or just sports cars will run amateur races.
2: Minis bmws
3: yeah it looks like they do that motorcycles and then they do drifting too there yeah if there's no barriers that's
2: probably pretty popular there then
1: so the only way you can destroy your car is if you roll it (laughs) or you hit another car
2: or you fly into one of those hills and just do something there they also have a quarter mile
1: paved oval there yep i mentioned that in the layouts I hope next I hope all service for the cup cars
0: they haven't eased that though so we, i don't know if we're getting it
1: all right greg i think you want the next one
2: yeah so we've got another news here it's kind of just uh i'm sure we're just kind of updating it but uh lewis hamilton um are the fastest pits out posted a quote from lewis ham hamilton um where they're talking about the barcelona circuit this weekend because they've taken out the chicane which is I agree with his statement here. He goes, "Our cars have never liked the chicane. I've never liked it, so we're going to come out of turn twelve and then flat, probably flat out through the last two. It's going to be great for our next, great for, um, sorry, I'm loading a great uh, for our tire wear, and it's going to be fun." Now, um, I was looking on the actual site, so we do have this configuration where it is. It's called the historical. I'm like, I'm wondering if that now becomes if they just change the names or it becomes the Grand Prix circuit, or does iRacing just leave it as historical on iRacing?
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Obviously, we don't need to rescan the track, right? Because the chicane is still going to be there, even though they're not using it, right?
2: Yeah, they they have this layout. It was one of the layouts that they used to run. That's why they called it the historical, because the chicane was added, I don't know, a long time ago. But it's not a very... I think they were thinking it was going to create passing, but it's kind of just, it doesn't really do anything. It just, it's a, it's a place to get X's from whatever I race on that track. It's a place to get, to gather up an X for a hop in a curve or something.
0: So maybe we just need to relabel the uh, layouts, like you said, and change the Grand Prix one to what the current Grand Prix one is, right?
1: Kind of like with Sonoma. All right. I remember this one coming up in chat a day or two ago. We've got a real car versus iRacing video. Mike, I think you gave this, this one a good watch.
0: Yeah. Daniel Morad um, basically telling us, again, how much he likes the braking and iRacing compared to other sims like ACC. Um, he rates it, I think he said, an 8.5 out of 10. Well, they gave a set of Corsa, like a 2. Um and I think Donnie and I were kind of going back and forth about this because who's to say what's right and what's wrong. The re- All of us who've never really been in a real race car, we have no idea what feels right or not, you know, when it comes down to it. And so it's so neat to have a real race car driver like this validate what we're feeling. Validate, look, this does feel like braking. And, and he describes in this video a braking technique that david actually taught me when i was running the uh, porsche 919 when i go into heavy braking the downforce comes off the car when you slow down and you can't keep the same brake pressure you actually have to back off the brake or you'll lock them up and it took me forever to figure that out that you have to brake a little bit and as soon as the downforce comes off let off and just kind of trail break it into the corner and and as Daniel Morad uh describes very well it's a finesse and and he indicates that racing really models that very well
1: well there's two things happening when you're coming in especially in a, in any car but especially the the high downforce cars not only do you lose the the downforce the slower you get once you start to turn your tires are having to work on turning the car as well as slowing it down and the, and you you only have so much grip so the more you turn the wheel the less
0: you have to brake brake in a straight line then turn kind of thing
1: uh, you do a really if you ever look at it on telemetry you want to make a wedge shape you're going to see it spike up and then trail off the, the basically almost the whole time it, it it'll look like a a a wedge You know, and if you were trying to say golf wedges, it would be a ridiculous wedge because it would be like 80 degrees.
0: And so part of his video was to run his real car around the track and get a lap time and then go into the simulator and do the same uh, lap. And he got within a tenth, I think it was within a tenth. Um, He said he had to change the setup on the iRacing car um to match his real car uh to get the, the the times close and it wasn't the optimal setup he said for iRacing by the way as well he, uh when he did that but he was trying to make it match up and he, and he was able to pretty cool It's a neat watch
1: all right mckenzie what is this next video it says on the thumbnail pit lane hacked Yeah. So, uh,
3: this is a YouTube video by TP sim racing. So, uh, he's using the the pit speed limiter. So the first time he just goes through just hitting that limiter the whole time straight through. And then, uh, the second time, like he sets the mark. So he goes back to the same spot. Uh, what he does is just shifts up and down between gears and it seems to jump him up like one or two miles per hour. So he actually gets through pit speed faster doing that. So he's calling it a pit lane hack. Yeah. Now I don't, I, he he does mention he doesn't know if this would react the same way in every car, but at least in the car he was using, it worked. I remember. And the correctly. third way,
0: I'm sorry, Greg. I was going to say there was a third thing he did was basically run it without the pit limiter, I think, and just try to, you know, manually hit the right speed, and he was able to get a little more speed out of it over the using the limiter as well, because uh, the limiter does don't put you right at the limit they put you i think one mile an hour lower or something and so if you're not using the limit limiter and you can drive it to the limit it'll be a little bit faster as well but i didn't know about the changing gears trick that he uh, documents here where yeah like you said he just toggles between first and second first to second back and forth and uh while he's on the limiter and it will bump it up just a little bit he gained like four or five tenths over the whole length of the pit road
2: well if I remember correctly, this was done years ago, unless it's broken again, but you could do this with first, second gear. But at some point, sometimes you'll get actually a, a speeding on pit road because it's, it, uh, um, pushes you, puts you too fast because it's, it's confused while it's, you're shifting.
0: The limiter is not holding you back just enough. And then it, you get a penalty. Maybe, I don't know. Now he's doing it out on the track, not actually on pit road. Uh, driving from one line to another and just looking at the relative or the, uh, the offset of the best lap time to see how much more uh, time he's gaining.
2: He he should have done it on pit road to actually show you that it actually doesn't give you, I honestly think that it gives you a penalty because it jumps you up. He did say it,
3: it won't give you a speed penalty, but without him actually showing it on pit road, there's no way to really
1: know. This is going to depend whether it will knock you too high is going to depend on the car and the gear at, at, in each individual situation.
2: Yeah. Cause I would guess like a car that, that has bigger horsepower, it could push it real fat. Like it, it would just react that much more, right? Where your a slower car is bouncing. Isn't doesn't have as much torque to do it.
1: All right. Uh, wrap this next one up, Mike.
0: Big review. Jimmy Johnson uh, has mm-hmm. been documenting his, uh, Lamar experience. And if you don't follow Jimmy Johnson on socials, you really should, uh, hit the, the bell so you can, every little tweet and Instagram post and everything. Cause he, he's putting up some really behind the scenes stuff, including a recent stint in the Chevy simulator. And we rarely get a look at this thing. And we have a really good picture of it. So I thought we would take a moment to go through the and look at the Chevy Sim. I mean, what do you guys think of this uh, picture when you blow it up with the, the cool curved 300? Uh, well, it's not a 360, uh, maybe a 180 degree screen uh, curve, though. But what I, what I find interesting is it's not straight up and down. It looks like it's, at, uh, it's laid back almost at an angle. Do you notice that? Like, look at the uh, screen on the left side of it. I would expect that to be vertically straight up and down, but they got it at like a, you know, a, a 25 degree angle.
2: Is it to make the ground more accurate to the, as you're seeing? Like, is it just, it's gotta be the way that the car, because you're sitting in the cockpit and everything.
0: Oh, I see why. So look at where the projectors are above the car. And so the projector has a straight, uh, perpendicular shot at the screen based on the screen angle. So he's got triple projectors in a, in up above the race car in a, a pipe, uh, kind of a pipe, uh, roof, I would call it. it made out of pipes and different things. And the car or chassis, it's just a partial car chassis, uh, like the front part of it. There's no back half of the car. And the whole thing is set on these giant, giant actuators. Um I think there's six of them. And that gives you all six DOF movement. So this is like the ultimate motion cockpit.
1: You give me this and I would I'd be willing to give it VR.
0: <laughs> do you think they run iRacing on this? Or I know they run uh, their own software. I do know that. But... For fun, do you think? Oh, let's let's put up iRacing. Let's try something there.
2: I highly doubt there's anything else on that computer that isn't related to just running that sim.
0: Good point. And it also makes you wonder, you know, how much, you know, how many people or how many jobs are involved in keeping that software up to date. Like they have as good a sim as iRacing does. It probably, if not better, and. um I mean, what kind of team do they have working on the software side of it? I, I'd love to learn more about that.
2: Well, if I remember correctly, each weekend F1, when they go to a track, they collect data to re-update their sim. So whenever they're at a track, they the track's updated after that on their sim um, for the next season or whatever they want to do to test something. But they, they use they collect data all the time.
1: When you think about the number of employees at at Hendrick for example, you know, there there's several hundred, right? Quite a few of those are just software engineers at this point.
2: Now, here's the other problem that that track proposes is that it's a street track, like it's a street course, people drive on all the time. So how do you how do you render something that's always changing like it has traffic flow and patterns on it all like, you know, 300 and 75 days of the year it's not a racetrack
0: yeah i'd love to learn more about how chevy ford toyota even like the f1 teams you know do their sims
1: all right that moves us on to events and i'll pick up a little bit of this first one um this is another example of a league basically making a transition from online racing to real racing um, uh, if it's the prodigy racing league and they're kicking off their inaugural season, June 19th with I racing in the GR GR 86 with a cup open challenge. And essentially it's going to be the first series that they, they, they boasted as the first series that's designed to transfer over to real life. But at, 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 we're talking gray area there. Cause, cause Skip Barber has already done that, but, mm-hmm. um, top performers in this series as well as numerous other PLR events through the rest of the year they're going to earn the opportunity to compete in the Radical SR1 in the inaugural Prodigy Week at Atlanta Motorsports Park in October 30th through the November 1st weekend.
0: This is cool. So racingprodigy.com you go there and you learn that you run a time attack a single driver time attack uh, starting Monday, June 19th, the top 40 drivers based on s- speed r- and you have to be registered at racingprodigy.com, which is free, by June 25th. So you have between June 19th and June 25th to put up a time attack. They're taking the top 40. Then there's a semifinal. Top 10 of each semifinal race move on to the final, and that's July 1st. And prizing. Uh, you get your ticket to real-world racing. Second, pra- uh, second place is uh, Invicta, direct-drive wheelbase. And the third place is a SimLab P1X cockpit. Entry is free.
1: You know, in it, it, a little bit of reflection, none of this was going on when I first came on the show pre-COVID. Did I come in in 19 or
0: 18? 18, maybe. I, I, You're right. this stuff never happened.
1: Uh, we, we were starting to just talk a little bit about the crossover, you know and and can it help you in real racing and I think I remember talking about Timothy Hill more than anybody else, probably um but but it's here now there there is no there's no line between the two worlds anymore. It's all a part of the same. See I remember
2: um you know was it was it Gregor Hutu? You know, when he got in a car, um, and there's I can't remember the one guy's name, is it Richard something or his last name was Richards? He was in the Cup series. Uh he was really good for a couple of years and he got a uh, test in some like legends and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that was going on before these actually people actually got rides rides.
0: Yeah, I think uh Bono Huis, who was a In our world championship, Uh, he ended up in the uh, race of champions tournament, the real race. Uh, Yeah, so it's a Toyota GR86 free car at Zolder. I don't think I have circuit Zolder, but man, I might just go put up uh, a time attack lap just to see how I stack up. I want to see who the top 40 are. Get it done. Get involved, guys. Even if you don't think you'll make it, see how you stack up. Go put up that lap because you might be amazed that oh wow, look at all these guys that are faster than me. Holy cow! I don't hear you, David.
1: I I was one one of my my old push-to-talk buttons was not working anymore. Sorry about that, um matt We've got two events coming up at the Glen this weekend. One of them involves BMWs, right?
3: Yeah, we got the BMW M sim, sim Cup. It's uh, it's uh this Saturday. It uh, it's the BMW M Hybrid V8 GTP or the BMW M4 GT3. Um, sorry, I think it's Sunday. Uh, it's at Watkins Glen.
0: Um. Yeah, this is second or third of four.
1: Yep, it's got some nice prizes, including a trip to Watkins Glen, I think.
0: Yeah, finishers uh, get money, too. I mean, top uh, podium finishers, 1500 or 250
1: So it's Sunday at 1300 GMT. So same time as NIS, basically. Right around the same time. Is that what it is in the morning? Yeah, subtract four for you.
0: Yep. The next one is the uh, Watkins Glen six hours and presented by VCO, and that's June sixteenth through eighteenth, so two weeks from this weekend. So be ready for that, guys, if you want to participate. Remember, that's the one where they teased the nine cars instead of eight. We're gonna, so they're gonna increase to nine. We still don't know the uh, the car lineup for that, even though it's two weeks out.
1: Well, interesting, guessing interesting. the lager. Yeah, well, it'll be. Yeah, we're waiting for that new in that, car. If it ends up being that, there will be four classes in the race instead of three. And I mean, they they do five classes
0: at Nurburgring. So, and yeah, I think not, they're waiting for week 10 before they announce it.
1: It's not on the script, but the Majors 24 starts this weekend as well. I think uh, it's too late to register for that, though, if it's past the deadline, if you haven't signed up.
0: podcast housekeeping leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we do appreciate that check out our discord to get involved in the discussion and check out the show notes at iracerslounge.com we are in regular rotation at the performance motorsports network
1: all right so who doesn't want to talk about fantasy For, for the the last two races i've had two of my picks take each other out
3: i forgot to make my picks for this so i don't even know
1: who i had so you're starting to use the mic strategy <laughs> no, i'm oh, not even in it. i don't even play anymore i stopped it's hard just it's hard just i'm to i'm just going to keep try to keep picking but it's hard to want to keep trying when you're coming in 30th and 40th every week Wow.
2: Oh yeah. I I didn't do good. I was 36. I I think my biggest issue this year is I'm only watching like 40% of the laps on these races. Like it just, life is getting in the way of being home to watch live events this, this summer or this time of year so far.
0: So here's the lineup for fantasy for Charlotte. We have 21 F in the lead. Second, Trick dickle. Third, Fat Boy. Nineteen ninety. Our own Tyler Williamson doing really good, tied for second. And then I'm not a professional. Fourth, Lumpy Sixty Eight is fifth. JTC Eleven C is sixth, and Canadian seventh. There's Donnie in eighth. Not too bad, Donnie. So he didn't pick any Hamlin. I bet. So let's talk chase real quick. I mean, did NASCAR do the right thing with only one? Race suspension. I was hoping for two. I think they should have doubled down to to nip this in the bud.
2: They're not gonna suspend their most popular driver two races after he's missed enough already. One was what everyone figured. That's what he got. Um, there's people who were surprised,
1: and there's people who were surprised he even got the one considering he is their golden. But um, they would have had egg in the face if they didn't suspend him after after the precedent had already been clearly set. Hey, I'm a I'm a huge Chase supporter. I'm a huge,
2: you know, Hendrick Waterspark supporter. He's totally in the wrong. I we list, I listen I listened to Denny's podcast. Denny needs to I know he's you know trying to create entertainment while he's talking, but it was uh, it was quite interesting the way that Denny um sometimes forgets or twists the truth or forgets things that he's done in his career too but I don't condone anything he did as a fan of him um, or that team. Um, You just, you can't do that. Yeah.
1: Do we draw the line at only dangerous intentional wrecks? Because everybody's like, oh, you don't right, right hook him at full speed. Well, what if you just punt him at Martinsville? If it's intentional, it's intentional. Is it about how dangerous it is or is it whether or not you wrecked him on purpose? Well, that's not the biggest problem that they're talking about, because
2: even what's the guy in the truck series? He's done it a bunch of times, and yet nothing's happened. And it's why is that not getting, you know, you think you want to nip that in the butt because he's in a lower series trying to, you know, maybe take care of that before it becomes a
0: bigger issue. So Denny put out on socials a screenshot of the data that, Apparently, he can see of his competitors as well as his own uh, throttle trace, brake trace, clutch, and steering. Um, Pretty cool examining the data. First of all, I thought it was neat that he put it out for us to look at. I actually opened it up and examined it closely, trying to understand what I was looking at and trying to understand what he was describing happened so I could see for myself that Chase did this on purpose. Um, would it be cool if we had the same kind of data acquisition in iRacing, David, you get punted. What do we normally do? You show us a short video on the chat <laughs> we, we determine is this, you know, what happened? You know, everyone gives an opinion and then we move on. But what if you had the, the data of the guy wrecked you? And you could show his steering, you know, turning into you and that kind of thing.
2: (laughs) It's never going to happen considering the way that we set up our own cars and stuff like that. I don't, we have third parties software that does that type of thing. I don't see, I don't see iRacing ever adding that to the sim. You can see the steering inputs uh, in the replay. If you kind of share your own video, you can see your inputs and if, or if somebody showed a replay of it, but I I don't think you're going to ever have data like that because I think that could be used to create or steal. I don't know if steal setups or, but just steal the knowledge of some of the stuff a little bit more than you need for it.
1: And I don't know if iRacing gets all the telemetry from every, every race or not. Cause that would be a shit ton of data.
2: Because I don't know if you notice too. Um, sometimes when you're watching a car in a replay, you can see the, the tires turning it's like it's going full lock straight full lock straight it's not really like a a saw a a smooth movement sometimes
1: yeah you're not always actually getting the the exact steering trace from the other car uh and we've even uh, we had an incident where a guy uh thought he was just bump drafting me essentially he said hey i thought i was just bump drafting you essentially uh, in in the triangle of charlotte which is not really a good place to try to bump draft somebody but he said he he was on his replay he was closer to square to my bumper whereas on my bumper he hit the 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 very edge you know so you're not even always in the same place according to your client and the server all right do we want let's call out the top five on on the leaderboard for overall
0: Overall was Mason Racing leading, Canadian second, Trick Dickel third, GI Jojo 24X fourth, tied for fourth, North-South Racing. It's crazy. We have a tie after all these points. Over 2,600 points and they're tied.
2: Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit emetroford.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for
1: over 30 years. 45 years. Ah, 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 ah! Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, let's hit some hardware sponsored by Metro Ford of Chicago. We're going to kick it off with the first item called No Regrets, and it's from OC Racing, who posted the video of the top seven pieces of hardware, they re- or hardware that they regret never buying sooner.
0: Yeah, pretty neat little list. Mouse tray, bezel-free kit, integrated monitor stand, Fanatec H-Pattern, cheaper Logitech H-Pattern, Hebel Velcro straps, power strip box, aluminum profile cable clips. Now, some of these ideas I really like. The power strip box was cool. Uh, You have the a power strip you have all these cables going into it it makes this real eyesore well you can buy this box that the whole thing sits inside of that's big enough to hide all the wires in and it makes it look a lot cleaner i i I was thinking about getting one it's like a 3d printed box basically
1: there's one that doesn't belong on there (laughs) vanitek yep not that h pattern shifter that's for sure
2: even the, I don't I don't know if the second gen has the same issues, but it's just the first gen is just it's god awful.
1: Mine hasn't been an H pattern in over two years. I would definitely agree with that one as well.
0: I did like his also his cable Velcro straps idea the, for cable management. I use zip ties, and I think maybe the Velcro would be a nicer touch. And then bezel free. I've had bezel free kit. And I got rid of it. I actually sold it because it, didn't, it wasn't compatible with my monitors. Don't forget, bezel-free kits are only compatible with certain monitors of certain bezel size.
2: I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. When I went to triples, I don't see it, so it doesn't bother me.
0: I have huge bezels, and it doesn't bother me. I see right through them. It's like they're not even there you get used to it. You just, your brain just tunes it out. You know, it, it's just one of those things. Like if you're in an indie car and you got that big, the halo thing coming down in front of your vision, you just tune it out at some point. It, you just don't even see it. It's like your nose. Right.
3: For me watching the video, I think the thing that would bug me about the bezel strips, you can see that it's like, it almost looks like a shadow where the strip is. And I think that would bug me more than actually just having the bezel
1: there. Because it did not actually put any new graphics in there, it just kind of hides the fact that there's a, a uh, lack of color there. All right, McKinsey, did you see the next one? We're looking at a video about making aluminum better.
3: Yeah, I did see this. So um, this is by Alan Kwan. He goes through and uh, he orders the aluminum and basically makes the rig himself. He uses an old uh, seat from an old rig he had. And, uh, then he decided he wanted to make it, a an F1 style. So he buys, I think it's just like, a an L bracket basically from his hardware store and bolts that to the rig and to the bottom of the seat. And then he had a sharp corner on it. So he just wraps a bunch of tape around it. So he doesn't scratch his leg anymore. Um, yeah, that's about as far as I got. I didn't get to see the whole thing.
0: Yeah. He also angled up his, uh, pedals quite a bit on a much steeper angle, uh, by just like you said, doing some fab work. And, and this is the beauty of having a rig guys is modifying it. Look, I want to, I want to do something different. You know, what are we going to do to, how are we going to change this? You know, at the end, even shows like this custom bracket that he kind of fabbed up for his camera that sits up above behind his head. Um, and it gives gives me ideas, you know, on what I might want to do to my rig uh, as well. I, I, the camera uh, mount I thought was pretty freaking cool. Uh, that kind of was a neat idea.
2: That scares me. Like, that was a nice camera he's got in there, but that scares me being out there on such a tiny little arm. Is that just kind of like the a little, of David when, he, uh, when his mic dropped on his knee the one time?
0: looks a little precarious, yeah. The other thing he did to to help with stiffness of the rig is he he detailed out on his uprights. He added some additional uh, L brackets on the outside uh, to to further uh, match you know the the uprights to the the hor- the uh, vertical or the horizontal base. Um, so lots of little tweaks and different things to give people ideas, I guess, on how you might want to uh, modify your rig.
1: All right, Mike. We have a Cubic Systems QS two twenty PL uh, reviewed by Will Ford.
0: Yeah, I mean the title says it all. This motion rig is brutal, <laughs> but it is a three DOF motion system. Uh, he bolts it onto his eighty twenty rig. Uh, he puts it through the paces in the normal Will Ford fashion. He likes it. I mean, it's a typical you know D box style motion system. Uh, pricing eleven thousand two hundred forty-five for the kit. Do you, do you guys they are back ordered?
2: The one thing I'm looking at, like, obviously the pricing is always like crazy. Do you think we're gonna get to a point where the pricing isn't
0: like crazy crazy? I don't know. I mean, the one that Brian bought wasn't cr- terrible. I think he said three or four thousand. This one's over eleven. Now he really liked the software. I remember him saying that. The other thing he mentioned was delay Um, with these motion systems. Delay is a big problem if there is any, because you don't want to visually hit the bump and then, you know, 15, 20 milliseconds later, you feel it in the motion system. You want to feel it within a few milliseconds of when you visually see it. So, so that's really important. And I think he was saying it was under 15 milliseconds. So, um really good stats as far as that goes.
1: Listener and team member Bobby says most people overspend on travel and only need two or two to two and a half inches or so.
0: Yeah, what is the travel on this one? I didn't see that. I think that might be why it's more money. It's got a lot of travel.
1: I know Joe's just recently got his motion rig going and has has been loving it. Comes on TS talking about it all the time.
0: Okay, so here it is. Uh latency. Less than 8 milliseconds, it says on their page. And the maximum velocity of the units are 800 millimeters. 800 millimeters is 31 and a half inches.
1: All right. What about the MME SimSport?
0: Well, this is uh, quite a shifter. Now, I know some of us have been looking for uh, decent shifters. I know Donnie was, man, you want to take a close look at this. It's called M m e sim sport and i want to say new zealand uh that's where they're from um but very impressive there so there's three products there's a handbrake there's a sequential shifter and then there's a bigger unit that is an h pattern slash sequential shifter so it does both and that one is really the star of the video is the uh the one that does both it's Will loves it. You know, the, the downside was mounting it. They didn't give him good mounting plates that had holes spaced appropriately that could be mounted easily. And so mounting these to any rig is going to be a challenge. <laughs> Let's say that. Now, there was a, a really neat mounting plate that was available for both the handbrake and the shifter. And he does recommend that if you buy both. There's a blue, it's got a really nice blue look to it, but there also is a black version. Quality, as far as setting up the stiffness, uh, you know, and, and does it feel like a shifter? All that, amazing. I mean, he had really good say, stuff to say about it.
1: It's a tough decision because I know I, I know I want to get a certain sequential shifter, but at the same time, should I completely give up on having an H-pattern? even though I don't even use it in the stock cars anymore.
0: $750 for the combo unit.
1: Yeah, that's not actually, that's not that bad for being able to do both.
0: It's a very high quality shifter though. Um, You know, you compare that like to the, the, probably the best quality one we've seen is that BDH one out of the UK, which was a grand. This is 750, 750 euros, I should say. But yeah, mounting was difficult, but everything else was great. Uh, Plug and play, no software needed. It was really easy to use. Carbon fiber handle. Yeah, if you're looking for shifters, you definitely need to consider this one. Now, this is the first time I think we've talked about this brand on this show, but they're called MME SimSport, and the website is mme-motorsport.com. And these are the only products they really have right now, are these shifters I mentioned and the handbrake.
1: All right, I'm only uh, on this last uh, hardware option we've got. It looks like it's talking about a new way to link fans with IQ. It looks like math- magnetic links instead of, or just plugging them straight into each other instead of having to run a cable to each one.
0: This is fascinating to me, especially as I'm de- contemplating a new build. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to buy into this system. It's by Corsair. They call it IQ Link. And it's a new way of putting fans in a computer. They have a proprietary cable that provides uh, power and connectivity through the same cable. So they have these little hubs, uh, little square boxes that you plug the cable into and then you route the cable to the fan and then the fans can be daisy chained so to speak and, and so
1: they just pop together cool like
0: legos right they stick together like you said i don't know if it's magnetic but it kind of looks like they're magnetic uh it's real they, they just kind of click together it looked like
1: it's plug in i got a better view yeah that's handy it cuts out cuts down on the cabling
2: it's, it's you know it's and just I think a I was, way to do it right and it's a simpler way yeah. to find a problem
0: yeah it's a the cabling is less um it's going to make a much cleaner look
2: wasn't he saying you can control the rbg with them some of them too like it's still completely controllable
0: it is that yeah i think when bobby and i were putting together uh the list for my build we had uh, Corsair fans, and we picked the RGB ones, um, and these are the RGB ones. This new system is just a new way of wiring for it, and uh, I like it. So I'm definitely going to look into this further.
1: Yeah, my fans light up, but they I can barely see them through the grill on the front of my computer. I
2: have my computer on the wrong side because the glass door is on the, the side facing away from me. <laughs>
1: But you can definitely see them from the inside. But I usually have just my memory lights up as well, right? And I usually just have it always set on uh, core, uh, core temperature. So it just stays the same color. And if it turns red, I know there's a problem. All right. Well, that wraps up the hardware section sponsored by Metro Ford of Chicago. <laughs>
0: Let's talk results, NASCAR iRacing series, the Coke 600, Friday open, P10, I'll take it. The race took four hours and 45 minutes. I think that might be a record for my longest NASCAR race ever. 19 cautions, uh, most of them happened in the last hundred laps actually. I I was involved in an early caution which took out teammate Justin, only had a minute and a half damage at one point through the middle of the race, I actually cycled to the lead, but pretty much ran top five. I was running really good near the end, as high as third, when a guy forced me to the grass, which gave me, uh, got me over the incident limit, so I had to do a drive-through penalty. The guy ended up wrecking the leader to win as well. What a loser. And I told him, you shouldn't be proud of the way you won that race. I told him that after the race. I mean, look, he took me out. I was in contention on the last lap. He he literally dumped the guy to win the race. Uh, What an ugly way to win. I mean, I, I just would not be so proud of that. And I told him.
1: You can actually protest uh, intentional wrecking to take a win.
0: Look, if if I was the guy who got dumped for the win, I probably would have done that. But, you know, I got dumped well before the end of the race by the same guy, and so yeah. Tony Rochette, P15, started super loose, ended up short pitting twice, and ended up three laps down with a 178 lap run, eventually got it stable, and it ended up just one lap down. David, wrecked out.
1: Yeah, I just self-spun it on the back stretch, I think, and uh, got it wound up just enough so that it didn't bounce back onto the track, but it meatballed the car. and. That was it.
0: All right. Sunday open. Tony Rochette DNF started third, but leader blinked out right before the green flag. So got to start the race, led some laps and the cars passed me and I was right behind him as he slowed up in the corner, got in his rear and wrecked us both. Ugh. Greg P eight.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> that's a long race. And I did I could only do the Sunday morning cause uh, I worked Saturday morning and I couldn't stay up Friday night or anything, but uh, I was competitive all race. Uh, at midpoint, I had a guy that he was—he was kind of being a pain to everybody in the room. But he got in front of me, and or he was way actually ahead of in front of me. And then he kind of had got loose off the corner and lost about eight positions uh, or so, and he fell back right in front of me and he blocked going into the one corner trying to like slow up my momentum which kind of forced me back to another car so i followed him for another lap just kind of rode around on him and we went he got loose coming out of two once and i was right on his bumper and it was just enough to spin him and um he got a couple other cars and stuff and then he uh he proceeded to get fresh tires every time he was in the pits um and come after me um for the next I don't know 50 laps he would try and you know he was trying um for about two laps to wreck me kind of did what Denny Hamlin did to uh Ross Chastain at Gateway last year I described it um he drove me down to the bottom he would push me into the corner it took him about two laps till he finally spun me where it brought out a caution I didn't get any real damage I didn't think it was I got tapped a little bit but it was obviously enough to take a little bit of speed out of me but um I was still able to get a P8 with it. I um, just wish I could have had a car at the end that didn't have straightaway speed taken away from me by someone who, I don't know, thrown a little temper tantrum. So, the word of the week, temper tantrum.
0: It's not worth a protest or you let it go?
2: I didn't protest. So I wanted to see if he was going to try something. Um, I thought maybe someone else, the, the other people in the room weren't happy with him because the wreck that I. Uh, When he did wreck me, I didn't get into, I I got a tap from another car, but he took out a bunch of other cars because of the checkups and stuff. And I thought some of the other guys were really pissed at him. Um, But he kept trying and trying it. So I thought maybe someone else said, I I still have the video. I don't know how long you can do it for, but I don't don't know. It's not really worth it to me.
0: All right, David, you got dumped on lap two.
1: Yeah, dude just uh, was not there and said he thought I was giving him the lane because I was taking the normal racing line. So dumb. I mean, what do you do?
0: All right. Sunday fix. Justin forgot to check his tires DNF. Now I, I jumped into TeamSpeak in the middle of his race. I didn't run with him because I'm like, no way I'm going to run another five hour race. Um, but he was like in the middle of it, like 200 my, miles in or something and he said man I, I just pitted and I forgot to check my tires I'm out of here I'm done he threw his headset off and walked out of the room uh, and I told him you probably ran the 600 too many times this week and uh, you, you just got fed up let's talk Wednesday open at Gateway yikes P17 I had a good run going about lap 30 and I got sideswiped by a guy at a over four minutes damage. I did get most of it fixed. There's about 40 to go. I got my last set of tires. I did keep getting involved in different incidents and just had to survive for a P17. Tom Dreiling, uh he finished back in the 20s. I think he had a bad race too. McKenzie, who had to leave, uh, he got a P7, started 10th, Ran about 10 laps, then on the caution, my VR went funny, and I was looking out the side of my car. I pulled to the side to stay out of the way and got sent to the back for driving on the pit road exit. On the restart, the car that was supposed to pass me was nowhere to be seen, so I got a black flag and had to hold for 50 seconds. Luckily, a caution came out as I was doing that, so I only went two laps down. Bought my way back and started P6 on the green-white checker, but couldn't do anything with it. The only X's I got were 1X for off-track when my VR went funny, and 4X when somebody ran into me from behind. David, P13.
1: Yeah, just a mid-pack car. Stayed out of everything, and that was where I
0: finished. All right. Kyle, P4. Kyle Pendigraft After a long break and silently been been doing a few races lately, I had a yo-yo race Started outside pole and stayed there until about lap 30 and my tires were junk and nosed the outside wall and fell back. After a mid-race caution, I've for tires and repairs and just went back and forth through the teens and twenties after a final repair and new tires. With about 20 to go, I made my march to the front. After a late race caution with 12 to go, I went in for my last set and away I went. Restarted eighth and just didn't let anyone get near me. Made some bold moves for position, was able to bring home a P4, felt good to get a good nis finish as my last several races have been junk thursday open david dnf
1: yeah everything that can go wrong has gone wrong that is all
0: (laughs) ouch yeah you've had some rough luck uh my race wow i got pole position i couldn't believe it It wasn't even a q set it was my race set uh but happy to get a pole i have to look it up and see if that's the first one of the year or not I think I might have one other. So maybe the second one I did pretty good on the short run. I made it to the second set of tires, but by the time they got old, I was sliding around and I spun by myself down to the inner wall and smashed the left front hard and couldn't steer it. And I didn't want to drive it broken. So I parked it DNF. Let's talk other, uh, racing. I ran, uh, official trucks at Talladega. I was leading on the way, uh, Coming to the checker, out of four, I got turned by the guy behind me. Ouch. Uh, ran Gen 4 at Michigan. Started 21st, finished P3. Man, that's a great finish for me uh, in that car. Gen 4 at Texas was the next week, and I ran P12 there. A Open Kyle, P11, had a good car, but a bad driver was driving it. Stayed in the teens all race long and just couldn't make any moves. McKenzie said he ran two late model races, started 10th in one and 5th in the other, finished both races third with no incident points gained. I love running this car. All right, final thoughts. David Hall.
1: Looking forward to the Majors 24. We haven't set our schedule yet, but we got four drivers lined up. Um, we've got a real ace on there. His name is Cable, and, or but yeah, that's his last name, and um, he's quick. The rest of us are slow. So we're like, we're going to run three cents each and make him run the rest of the race. Hopefully we'll get a finish. The real, the real key is just stay out of the garage.
0: That's pretty neat. All right, Greg Hectus, welcome back. And your final thoughts.
1: Um, I'm just
2: looking forward to getting back to racing and getting back to normal life here. Um, I've been gone because we had a, a, a tragedy in our family. Um, little little moment it sucked um my five-year-old niece passed away from a a strep a disease that she contracted she contracted strep a that got into her blood and it was that was that was it for her didn't she didn't last long once that happened and uh, it's been a little bit tough um trying to find motivation to get going keep going and stuff these last little bits and um it's been tough being a parent to two young girls and watching my sister lose her only child. So um, just trying to get back at life and and enjoy it again um, coming up into the summer here. And I'm hoping I can get back to uh, racing and uh, um, do what i like to do to kind of take my mind away from the bad things that can happen in this world
0: yeah, so sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, it can take a while to kind of get you get back on the horse, but uh, yeah, get back on that horse, Greg. All right. Uh, my final thoughts uh, this week at Gateway has been humbling. Man, I get a pole. I'm running up front, but get some old tires on me. I can't even drive the dang thing. Uh, you know, but seeing David, you know struggle as well, you know maybe it's not just me. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. And and I'm not looking forward to Chicago street course either coming up. Uh, haven't even bought the track yet, let alone tried it, but, uh, want to do well in the points, uh, trying to beat my teammate, Tom, it's going to be a tall order. Tom is a better driver than me. Um, and so I don't think I'm going to do it, but I'm going to put it through, you know, put forth the effort. And so I'm hoping to get a better finish on Friday at gateway, uh, for those points. Uh, Other than that, uh, that's pretty much all I got. I I got the uh, poster, it's not a poster, but it's a painting uh, coming, a three foot by two foot painting of my NASCAR, uh, Gen seven car. And it should be next week, I think I get to pick it up. So maybe this time on the show next week, uh, I'll have it. Of course, I'll be putting up videos and pictures of it. I'm gonna be super proud of this. I can't believe how good it's gonna look. Haven't seen it yet, but I just know uh, the artwork that Bobby has put together was outstanding, and this thing is going to be brilliant. And with that, hey, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.